from him whose resurrection impacts us not only eternally, but also gives us life as a gift in the here and now. From him be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this morning is our gospel lesson, especially the very last sentence of it, where Jesus says, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. This is our text. About a month ago, our communion co-work team had a great opportunity to meet together with our coach, who's been coaching us along the way every single month, but he lives in Portland, Oregon, and so we had an opportunity to get together with him because he was coming to Tampa for the LCMS convention, and he said, I'm going to stay a day or two afterwards so that I can get together with you in person. Dust is his name, and, and Dust drove over after the convention, and uh, since we had only been meeting with him via video phone call month after month, it was a great opportunity to sit around a table and to have dinner with him and to enjoy conversation. So Tammy and I had Robin and James and Michael and Ashley and Tracy over for dinner along with Dust, our coach. And so we sat around the table for a meal. And as we ate, we had one rule. It's a rule that we often use at our house when we have people over for dinner. The rule is that there can only be one conversation going on at a time. No corner conversations. Everybody is in on the conversation. And so as we ate, we had a conversation as Dust did an incredible job of asking questions that guided us into deeper understanding of this new ministry that we're launching. But even more than that, he was guiding us into deeper relationship with one another as we sat there that evening. So he started by asking each of us, what was the highlight of your week? We went around the table one by one and talked about the good things that had happened to us or for us that week. And that in and of itself was enlightening and enlivening. And then he went on to ask about our ministry. What would you most like to happen immediately? What are you most scared about as you launch this ministry? What are you most excited about as these things come into place? And so one by one, we went around the table and answered each of these questions. And by the evening, we felt more a team than I think we ever had been ever before. We felt more of a bond with one another. We ate and we conversed and we learned and we laughed and we cried a little bit. And I think if you asked anyone there that night, they'd say that that probably was a highlight of their month, maybe even their year. After everybody left, Dust remarked to me that he wondered what if it would be a good idea for every church to do just that, to gather small groups of people together, to sit around a table and eat and have conversation and get to know one another and build that bond that our God has for us. I thought that's not a bad idea at all. In our gospel reading for today, Jesus is also having dinner on a Sabbath at someone's house. 
and it happens to be the home of a Pharisee. And as you well know, often throughout the Gospels, the Pharisees are enemies of Jesus. And this dinner is nothing if not an eventful evening. Can you imagine being at a dinner party where there is a healing, where there is a parable told that has deep meaning, and then you get into a deep discussion about socioeconomics? That's what happened at this dinner, at this meal, where Jesus was that evening. If you talk to our communion co-work team after that meal we had together that night, they could probably tell you a main theme and a main outcome of all the things that we had discussed that night and how they were dispensed kind of into one good theme, one good opportunity for us to move forward in ministry. In the same way as Luke is telling this story and telling us all the details about this dinner on the Sabbath, he has something in mind. Jesus is pulling a thread through these three things that happen at this one place. That happen through this healing and the parable that he tells and the teaching about the poor. This is the one thing, this is the one thread that Jesus pulls through all three. He is revealing what the resurrection really means. He's revealing what the resurrection, how the resurrection impacts our lives today. And he ties it all together with that last sentence of the text. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So let's think about the resurrection. What comes to mind for you when you think about the resurrection? Is it clouds and angels and souls flying off? Or is it a reunion with loved ones? Or is it, as the Bible seems to so clearly say, that this broken world is completely and suddenly and incredibly restored and recreated as a place where we get to live and move and have our being for the rest of eternity as we love God and love and serve one another? Have you noticed that more often than not, when we think about the resurrection, we're usually thinking about something that's going to take place a long time in the future. It's not usually something that we consider as we choose whether or not to go out to lunch with that one coworker with whom we have nothing at all in common. We often don't think of the resurrection as having an impact on whatever it is that we are doing today. In the here and now, in our sometimes mundane, sometimes exciting, sometimes scary lives. As Christians, we are resurrection people. But far too often we forget it. Especially when we find ourselves so far removed from Easter Sunday as we are right now at the very beginning of September. If we so firmly believed in the resurrection, wouldn't we live our lives completely differently? There'd be no worry. Oh, that storm, Dorian, nothing to worry about. There'd be far greater anticipation and hope in our daily life. 
we would be far more motivated to see to it that all of our family members and friends and co-workers and neighbors would know Jesus who is the resurrection and the life. We would seek and find any and every opportunity to tell people about our Jesus who is our hope and our joy and our comfort and our strength so that they too could have that living in a resurrection life already in the here and now. They could have a resurrection life like we have. For Jesus, the the resurrection isn't just a teaching located in the future. It's not just a line in the creed that we say, and then we move on to the rest of the service. For Jesus, the resurrection is something that shapes our lives right now, today, in the here and now. And he demonstrates it in today's gospel lesson because throughout the whole reading, he is focused and patient. He uses questions and healings and parables and direct statements, all to bring about a glimpse of his kingdom among those who are having dinner on the Sabbath that evening. First, we see the way Jesus celebrates the way things are restored in his kingdom. They are restored as he heals a man who has dropsy. And with a question, he invites the Pharisees and the lawyers to see that this is something completely fitting and appropriate to do on a Sabbath because there is health and healing in the reign and the rule of God. And so he asks, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? With the implication that, yes, it is. Of course it is. This is the way things are in the renewed and restored kingdom of God. And so when he doesn't get an answer, he doesn't go on the the attack. Instead, he tells a parable that invites everybody there to see the great reversal that happens in the kingdom of God. God works by grace. And so those who exalt themselves by their own good works are humbled. But those who are humbled before the Lord are exalted by him because of his grace. And when there still isn't any response from the people there, Jesus speaks directly to his host. And he invites his host to live a life that reflects the generosity of an eternally generous God. Here Jesus is giving the people there that day and us a glimpse of the grace that will prevail, that does prevail in the eternal kingdom. What will happen there? Well, the sick will be healed. The poor will be fed, the humble will be honored, the faithful will be rewarded. Even the host can live a free life. He doesn't have to think of himself or his social obligations. He will be taken care of. And if he is taken care of, then he can fully and freely take care of others and love them and serve them and invite them to a place at the table. So what does it mean to believe in the resurrection. This isn't just some vain hope for the future, although it does include future hope, but it also and especially impacts the here and now. It impacts our lives today. When we believe in the resurrection, it opens our life 
to the present as a present from God. The resurrection gives us courage to live each day as radically generous people. Jesus isn't concerned about the social consequences or what people might think about us. He loves justice. He does mercy. He walks humbly with God, regardless of the consequences. That kind of living could get somebody killed. And it does, as Jesus is killed on the cross. And yet, God, his Father, raises Jesus from the dead and through him establishes a kingdom where mercy and grace reigns. Not sometime in the future, but even and especially today, right now. Imagine living in that kingdom right now because you do. Something as mundane as inviting people over for dinner can be touched by the reality of the resurrection. You don't have to worry about the social consequences of who you invite over. How often have you wanted to say something, felt somebody should do something, or even wanted to be someone, but you were afraid of the social consequences or someone making fun of you? That's not the case anymore. As believers in the resurrection, we live in God's kingdom where the overarching reality is God's gracious and certain promise of the resurrection. We don't have to secure our place at the table. Jesus already bought and paid for that place millions of times over. He took care of it by placing himself on the cross. And instead, we are free then to take care of other people. So something as simple as a conversation with a friend or a neighbor can be an occasion when we confess our belief, our firm trust in the resurrection of the just. And just, of course, means justified by the grace of God in the mercy of Jesus who gives his life for us. And you know, it might all start with just a few people sitting around a table, a dinner table, asking each other questions, carrying on one conversation, and having relationships and lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ who came and who comes today to deliver resurrection from the dead. He rules over all things for us in love. We love because he first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.